There's a story about a pastor who was hired by a church. And uh, when he got to the job for the first day, the youth pastor and the worship pastor decided to take him fishing so they could spend a little guy time together and get to know each other. And just so you know, ahead of the story, this is in no way analogous to what goes on in our church staff. Uh, they, they rode the boat off out on the water. They found a good spot. They reached for the fishing poles. And the worship pastor said, oops, we left the fishing poles on the shore. The, the music, the worship pastor said, um, Oh, no, excuse me. The, the pastor said, no problem. I'll just row back to the shore and get them. Uh, and you guys can just relax in the boat. Uh, the worship pastor says, don't worry about it. He gets out of the boat. He walks across the surface of the water, grabs the poles and walks back. The pastor, needless to say, was was dumbfounded, a little bit intimidated, too. I mean, who were these guys? And he doesn't say anything. A few minutes later, the youth pastor said, uh, hand me the bait, please. Um, oops, the worship pastor said we left the bait on shore. So this time the youth pastor jumps out of the boat, walks across the water. He uh, gets the bait, comes back. And again, the, the pastor is not only intimidated. Now he's feeling really inadequate, doesn't say anything. They begin fishing. And now the youth pastor says, where are the sandwiches? Again, the worship pastor said, oops, we left them on shore. He turns to his boss and says, pastor, would you mind going to shore and getting the sandwiches? Uh, the pastor didn't want to be shown up by his staff. He stammers for a moment, kind of takes a deep gulp and says, sure. He takes a step off the boat, immediately sinks to the bottom of the river. And the worship pastor looked at the youth pastor and said, when he comes back up, should we tell him where the stepping stones are? (laughs) Today we're going to be looking at a story in Scripture, in the Gospel of Peter, in which, Gospel of Matthew, in which Peter does the impossible. It was just read, there's a story where he walks on the water. Now, you've probably never seen anybody walk on the water. I haven't. I have uh, just real briefly seen, I had an experience once where I saw a guy who almost walked on the water. Uh, This past week, it reminded me of the story. We uh, uh, graduated from KU 30 years ago, and we had a a 30-year anniversary kind of reunion of all the guys in my pledge class in the fraternity I was in. And it reminded me of the time when we were down at Grand Lake with a bunch of us, water skiing, having a great time, beautiful setting, zooming around about 100 yards from shore, um, and the guy on the other end of the rope was a guy nicknamed Duke. I won't tell you his real name for, to protect his privacy, but Duke. Uh, he's one of those guys who's fit and trim, looked like a model, always worked out. Saw him just a couple days ago. It's sickening. He looks the same. Um, but we're water skiing, and we're in the boat, three or four of us. He's in the back, and this is his first time water skiing. Snow bum, but ski bum, but never water ski. So we're zooming around. And all of a sudden, 100 yards from shore, the boat runs aground. We hit a big sandbar. Never, it was kind of weird. And we look back, and, and Duke is floating along. And we're worried because, I mean, he could just wipe out and break his neck. The rope becomes slack. And all of a sudden, he's just standing in the water. He was standing in the water below his knees. And you should have seen the look on his face. He just goes, dude. <laughs> he's like, Mackie, hit it. You know, it was, it was anyhow. So that's the only time I've ever seen anybody almost walk on water. But we come to this story now here in, in Matthew, and we see the story where not only is Peter walking on water, we also see Jesus walking on water. And in this story, um, we're going to see how God is calling us to, to take steps of faith because God wants to do incredible things in us and through us. God has designed us for life with him. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He's not just talking about eternal life. He's talking about life now, life today. He's calling us to walk with him, to live with him in faith every day, whatever our situation. So anyhow, we're going to pull out three kind of stepping stones that allow Peter to experience the Lord's power in his life. 
So, again, this, this story is about faith, but also whenever there's true faith involved, there's always a little bit of fear because faith means we're taking a risk. Faith means we're stepping into the unknowns. Things aren't quite tied up neatly in a bow. We don't know exactly what's going to happen next. So faith is always involved with a little bit of fear. Um, and so faith is about trust when you think about it, isn't it? Uh, trust is about taking a risk. You could be in a car hurling down the interstate 75 miles an hour, and you, you hope and you trust that that car is going to hold together and that the other drivers are driving safely. Um, you get on a roller coaster, you trust that it's not going to fly off the tracks. You get on a plane, you trust that the pilot knows what he or she is doing. Life involves risk. It involves faith. And the question is, what are you going to put your faith, what do you put your, your trust in? When we eat at a restaurant, we trust that the food is properly handled. When we enter marriage, we trust the other person. We trust that they love us, that, that their love is genuine, that they have our best interest in mind. When we do all these things and more, we are placing our trust, our faith, in someone or something else other than ourselves. In the spiritual realm, faith is taking a risk for and on God. It's saying yes to Jesus Christ. It's responding to his revelation to us through his word and through his spirit and through his people. You know, it's one of my favorite stories. And I used to think of it as sort of a humbling moment in Peter's life. And I'm sure it was because he gets out of the boat. He's doing something great. And then he gets distracted by the wind and the waves and fear overtakes him and he begins to sink. So we think of it as a failure. But the fact remains that even though Peter didn't do it perfectly, he did walk on water something the other disciples didn't even attempt to do. He got on the boat. They didn't. That's what's so cool about studying the Apostle Peter. He's not afraid to take risks. Not a, he fails spectacularly sometimes, but he's not afraid to take, to take risks. He's a man of faith. And that's why you look through Scripture. He's so blessed by God in his life and ministry. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, Who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He took a risk. Everybody else was kind of quiet, but he said, this is what I think. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, it's Peter who stands up and preaches boldly in Jerusalem, and 3,000 people, it says, were saved. In Acts chapter 3, it's Peter who sees a crippled man begging at the temple gate and says to him, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. And the man does. God bless Peter. And worked through Peter because he was willing to take risk. He was willing to take faith, to take steps of faith. Now, as we look at this story of Peter and, and Jesus walking on the water, certainly I hope that we're inspired to follow his example, to take risk of our own, so that through God's power we can do things that we don't think that we can do. Because giving your life to Christ, when you think about it, is a calculated risk. There's reasons for our faith, but we don't have all our questions answered. There are times we don't understand what God is doing or why, or why something has happened or hasn't happened. Faith involves, even the most rational faith at times, involves a series of calculated risks. Faith is like, a, is like a muscle, you know. The more we exercise it, the stronger it's going to get. Now, I want to clarify, I'm not talking about faith in a sense of irrational or leaping into the blind chasm without any sort of reason whatsoever. But, but I am talking about taking a calculated leap, a, a trust fall in a sense, based upon the assurance of God and his word. 
And so using the Apostle Peter today as an example, we're going to pull three things out of this scripture passage real briefly. First, it's very simple. Um, express to God your willingness to take a step. You know, it stands to reason to begin living by faith, you have to take the initiative. This is what Peter does here. He and the other disciples are in a boat. It's late at night, and they see Jesus coming. They don't know it's him at first. He looks like a ghost, they think. And, but Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's I take courage. And Peter says, notice what he says, verse 28, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. He doesn't say, Lord, if it's you, tell us. Lord, if it's you, come to us. He says, if it's you, I'll come to, I'll come to you. Peter wants to take his faith to the next level. He's ready to walk on the water to get to Jesus. The other disciples are silent. But Peter says, Lord, I will take a step of faith. Which reveals something to us about Peter himself. Peter knew intuitively at some level that he was better off in the middle of the storm, in the waves, on the water, than he was in the seeming security of the boat with the other guys. So back to the story. He and his other disciples thought they see a ghost, and the Bible and the Bible says they cried out in fear. Which this is a this is a pretty hardened group. Some of these guys are professional fishermen. They've been on boats. They've been in storms. They've been in places where there's heavy waves. They must have been terrified. And Peter, along with them, and yet his response is, "Call me to you. I will come to you. I'm ready to step out in faith." You know, have you been attacked by fear in your life where you feel paralyzed by a situation? Maybe a marriage that's struggling or falling apart? Uh, the fear of your, your, your children slipping away, declining or deteriorating health, financial struggles, emotional distress? Fear has an amazing capacity to get our attention, doesn't it? And the best way to respond to, faith, to fear is to say, Lord, I'm willing to take a step of faith. Tell me what to do. The second thing we can do, uh, following Peter's example, is when we get the go-ahead from God, after he tells us what to do, is to simply go ahead and do it. Verse 28 again. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29. Come, Jesus said. And Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus, which is how it's supposed to be done, right? The problem is a lot of us, myself included, doesn't always work that way. We try different variations on that theme. Variation one. Sometimes we don't wait for the go-ahead. Okay, that's for the most compulsive of us, impulsive of us. We don't wait for the go-ahead from God. We think we need to do this. We jump first and we pray second. We're in midair, about ready to hit the water. And we say something like, oh, by the way, Lord, I'm getting out of the boat into the water. Please don't let me drown. Second variation can be sometimes we'll say, Lord, tell me what to do. And he'll say, come to me on the water. We say, Lord, I'm listening. Just tell me what to do. He says, come to me on the water. We say, Lord, I'm seeking your will. Tell me what to do. Give me a sign if you want me to come to the water. He says, come to me on the water. He's speaking to us, but we don't like what he's saying, and so we tune him out. We're not listening at all. A third variation is when we clearly hear the Lord, we know exactly what he wants us to do, but we let fear keep us from doing anything. We say, Lord, tell me what to do. He says, come to me on the water. Take that step of faith. Go share your faith with your friend. Make a sacrificial gift. Whatever it might be, do this. Do, change your job. Whatever it might be. We let faith keep us from doing anything. We say, Lord, tell me what to do. And think, no, on second thought, you're almost at the boat anyway. I'm just going to wait here until you get to me. The question is, 
might be asking is, how do we get the go-ahead? Jesus is not here physically talking to us, right? How do we know when he's telling us to step out in faith, and how do we know when it's our own stupid idea? Well, for me, how it works, and for many of my uh, people I know, is I get the go-ahead from God from studying his word, from prayer. As I dig into his word, as I pray, as I discuss it with other people, and study with other people, God's Holy Spirit takes scripture, applies it to my life, brings a verse to mind. It's beautiful when there's a connection between, it's like a light bulb goes on, and like, oh, that's what God has for me today or in this situation. And it goes to without saying, hopefully, that what God has revealed in scripture will never ever contradict what he's asking us to do. So, um, let's see. So God is asking us to, 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 take out, to take a step of faith, to be really li- willing to listen, and when he asks us to go ahead, to go ahead. And that's what Peter does here in this story. Remember, this, remember the movie um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Um, uh, Sean Connery plays his, his father, and they're on a search for the Holy Grail, yeah, that, which is, if you remember the story, the cup that, according to legend, was the, the cup that Jesus used uh, at the Last Supper. Uh, they locate the place where the grail is, uh, but the bad guys show up at the same time, and, and Jones' father is shot. He's dying, and the only thing that can save him is to drink water from the, the Holy Grail. And so to get to the grail, Jones must pass three challenges, the first two which he passes. But the third challenge, if you recall, is the greatest of all because it, in, it requires faith. There's a, a chasm a huge chasm between where he stands and on the other side is the Holy Grail. And that's the only way his father can be saved is to take that step of faith to get to the other side, get the Holy Grail. And, and he takes the step of faith finally, tremblingly, and, and then the path appears and his father ultimately is saved. Faith is a risk. It sometimes means that we must take a step out and sometimes that step might appear foolish. Fears begin to overcome us. We think that we can't do it. We think somebody else should do it. We're going to get hurt. We're going to get embarrassed. We're going to fail. But we will never do anything truly great unless we do. And we're going to miss out on the chance to strike out on an adventure of faith, living in faith every day with Jesus. When the Lord gives us the go-ahead, we are to simply go ahead. The third and last thing I want to pull out of this is if is if we start to sink, ask for help. Verse 30, But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, when we read this story, we usually focus on the fact that Peter takes his eyes off Jesus. He begins to look at the circumstances around him. He gets scared, the waves, the wind. It's dark. It's deep. And he begins to sink. And we can pull a lesson from that, certainly. We are to keep our eyes on Jesus, not on our circumstances all the time. But there's also a lesson that when we do begin to sink, and we will because just like Peter, we're, we're human, we're going to fail at times, is to then refocus our eyes on Jesus and to ask for help. You know, when you think about it, it's, it's pretty cool to hear that because Peter begins to walk on water. He begins to sink. How do you get back to the boat? Either Jesus picked him up and carried him, which is a really cool thing, or Peter walked alongside of Jesus back to the boat. He would not have had that experience if he hadn't asked Jesus for help. Maybe today you're in the boat and you're surrounded by the wind and the waves, 
you're not sure what to do. Do not let your fear hold you back. You can begin to walk in faith every day with Jesus Christ. Express your willingness to step out in faith. When you get the go-ahead, go. And when you begin to sink at times, which we all will at times, ask for his help. Refocus your eyes on him and walk with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you've created us for a relationship with you. And that means that you want to walk with us. You want us to walk with you throughout every moment of our lives. Not just the big stuff, not just the scary stuff, but every moment of our lives. So, Lord, help us to be people of faith, to live in faith every day, to keep our eyes focused on you in the midst of success, in the midst of failure, in the midst of fear, in the midst of joy, to keep our eyes focused on you, Lord. Thank you for the life you came to give us. In Jesus' name, amen. We stand as we respond to the word we just received.